So yes, I'm Michelle. I'm one of the team at Central Vineyard. Um, and just before I start, I am loving your underfloor heating. It's nice and toasty. I, I was wondering this morning whether I would actually take my shoes off, um, but I have done, and, and it's great. It's great. I've, I've never actually preached in shoes, so um, it's kind of nice to carry on that, that theme of um, the tradition of be, being the barefoot preacher. <laughs> exactly. And so after, over the last few weeks, we've been in a series called The Good Life. The good life being the life that Jesus promised. And rather than searching for meaning and fulfillment in what we do or in what we have, we are to follow Jesus' example. John 10.10 10 in the message reads, A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. The life we get to live is better than we can dream of. It's real eternal life that Jesus promises us. The good life is following the path God has for us, living the life he created us to live. And so far in this series, we've looked at a life of calling, a life of compassion, and a life of character. And this morning we're going to look at a life of courage. I believe we need courage to live the good life. And I, if I think about the areas we've looked at so far, there's an element of courage required for each one of them. You need courage to live a life of calling. It's as we know and experience the love and freedom of being who we are created to be, God's beloved sons and daughters, that we can grow in confidence and courageously do what Jesus called us to do. Courage is needed to live a life of compassion. It takes a lot to love others. It can sometimes be difficult to respect, show kindness or compassion to those we like, let alone those who annoy us, who speak against us or hurt us. We need courage to show them compassion. We need courage to love even at the risk of being hurt or rejected. And we need courage to live a life of character. We're constantly facing challenges in life, or if you want it in a more positive way, opportunities for us to grow and change. Everything we face has the potential to either take us down or make us stronger. As we journey through our lives, we need to have the courage to allow God to do his best work in us, letting him grow our character and transform us to be more like him. Christy Wimber, the daughter-in-law of the late John Wimber, a man who you will hear mentioned a lot at Vineyard, he was very influential in founding the Vineyard movement. Christy wrote in her book, Transformed, it takes real courage to choose transformation over conformity to choose a way of living. Everything that's worth it in life not only involves change, it also involves courage. Courage affects our discipleship. It impacts the way we live, what we do, and who we are. To grow in our apprenticeship to Jesus, we need to live a life of courage. And so before we look at what courage is, let's pray. Lord, your word promises that you have not given us a spirit of fear, that we can be strong 
and courageous and that you will never leave us or forsake us. And so, Father God, as we hear your word today, teach us how to live a life of courage, filled with your spirit, walking in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So if courage is needed to live the good life, what is courage? We often think of courage as doing something crazy, like jumping out of a plane or wing walking. Wing walk is, is something I wanted to do when I was younger. Don't think I'm brave enough to do that now, though. The English dictionary says courage is the ability to do something dangerous or to face pain or opposition without showing fear. Courage can also be the ability to do the right thing all the time, no matter, no matter how painful or uncomfortable it might be. It takes courage to tell the truth, to be honest and trustworthy, to live life differently, to stand up for injustice. The Bible tells us we should wait for the Lord and let your heart take courage. And as the Lord said to Joshua, we are to be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we're reminded in 2 Timothy 1.7 that we do not need to live out of fear. For God gave us not a spirit not of fear, but of power, love and self-control. But do we live filled with power, love and self-control? Or do we react contrary to what the word of God says? In that moment when something happens, when we hear bad news, someone attacks us with their words, or we no longer feel safe, what do we do? When faced with difficult, challenging situations, we often react in one of three ways. Fight, flight, or freeze. Do we fight? Do we sense our fists start to clench? and something in us wants to kick and scream. We feel anger and rage. Fear can make us react in a way that seems aggressive, abrupt, rude. We don't want people to see how we're really feeling, so we put on a mask and we hide behind the facade of, I'm strong, I've got this. But the mask we hide behind, as well as causing us to express our fear outwardly can also cause us to hide that feeling of wanting to run away and we want to take flight. We detach ourselves from the situation, sometimes physically, by moving away or not seeing a certain person anymore. But this also can happen emotionally. We retreat inside ourselves. Or maybe we freeze. That feeling when we hold our breath, feeling numb, too afraid to move forward or back, is that scared animal caught in the headlights feeling. Feeling afraid can cause us to act in many different ways. But God wants us to live a life of courage. He wants us to look to him, be encouraged by him as we seek to live the good life. So let's look at some areas in our lives where we need courage. 
First, the courage to be obedient. Have you ever felt the challenge of the Holy Spirit saying, go and speak to someone or pray with someone? Do something out of your comfort zone. We feel our heartbeat getting faster. And even though we're trying to think of a thousand ways we can talk ourselves out of it, we know we have to do it. This is a God opportunity, one not to be missed. And I can tell you stories from my life where I have felt Jesus challenge me to do things. And it's not always easy. There's courage involved. We need to put our trust in God. And as we trust God, our response is obedience. God will not force us to do something, but he's there inviting us to join him in what he's already doing. If we want to know what true obedience is, what better than to look to the life of Jesus? In John 5:19, Jesus says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing." Jesus healed many, but his obedience wasn't just about doing miracles. It was finding time to retreat, to be alone with his Father to experience the love, encouragement, and strength of his dad, something which was much needed as Jesus' obedience ultimately led him to the cross. For us, living an obedient life means at times we will clash with the views of the world. We need to have courage to stand, to stand with people, to do what is right, to press through, even when we feel alone, outnumbered, or afraid. And so let Father God encourage you. Let him impart courage in you as you walk in obedience to him. We also need the courage to endure. It takes courage to stand and be obedient. It takes more courage to stand up again once you've been knocked over after a fall. I was reminded of the athletes that, that fall and then get back to their feet in, after running a race. And one guy in particular, a guy called Derek Redmond, during the semi-final of the 400 meters in the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona, Redmond snapped his hamstring. And if you watch the video, you see him stop. You see the pain on his face, but he doesn't stay down. He gets up and hobbles on. And I love his determination to keep going, even though at that point there was no chance of him ever winning the race. The other thing I love about um, Redmond's story is that his father comes and joins him on the track and helping him, puts his arm around him, and being the strength for him to lean on, they continue forward. It makes me think of how our Heavenly Father encourages us to keep going. And as Redmond chose to continue to move forward, choosing to, the courage to carry on with what he was actually created to do, to run, we are to endure the same. The challenges we face in life, we are to get up and continue. The writer of Hebrews reminds us 
in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the pain and shame of the cross for us, for you, and for me. Going to the cross takes great courage. But before we look at the cross, Jesus showed his vulnerability as he began to realize what the cross required of him. From early on in the Gospel of Luke, we are told that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus knew what was before him and was focused on bringing to completion what he came to do. But as the suffering of the cross became more of a reality, Jesus shows great vulnerability. Before he was arrested, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives to pray. He knelt down and addressed his father, saying, If you are willing, remove this cup from me. In that moment, the feelings were so intense for Jesus. We read, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He expresses his heart, what's going on inside him. He doesn't hide his emotions. He's real. He shows the courage to be vulnerable. People often think that vulnerability is weakness, but it's far from it. Vulnerability is where courage and fear meet. It takes great courage to be truly vulnerable, and it takes courage to face ourselves, to deal with our past, to allow God to bring healing, and let him change us and deal with our character. Vulnerability is where we are real, where we choose not to hide, but are willing to share with safe people in safe environments what is really going on in our hearts. Brené Brown, a research professor who has spent 20 20 years or more studying courage, vulnerability and shame, says, owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing vulnerability is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy, the experiences that make make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Jesus was brave enough to explore his vulnerable side, going to the Father, the one who knew him better than anyone, and sharing the realness of his heart. He wrestled in prayer, letting it all out, crying, Abba, Daddy, I can't do this. I can't handle it. I need you. What are the things we struggle to handle? A doctor's diagnosis, a marriage breakdown, the loss of a child, the loss of a job, 
What are the dark areas of our lives we hide from others or even from ourselves? Those deep areas of shame and brokenness. Do we have the courage to be vulnerable and bring our pain, our suffering, our will to Jesus, to the cross? And as Jesus surrendered his will, saying, not my will, but yours, Father, are we willing to surrender those things that have kept us trapped, separated, bitter? Can we give these over to a loving, caring Father? It's not easy to be real, to be vulnerable. It takes great courage to bring our pain to Jesus and wrestle through it in prayer. And as there was no easy way out for Jesus, there's really no easy way out for us. As Jesus went to the cross for us, we need to go to the cross for ourselves. There is power in the cross to bring freedom, but it's not easy. Going to the cross for Jesus was an act of courageous obedience. Over 700 years before Christ, the prophet Isaiah shared what would happen to the one who would come to bring salvation. I'm going to read some verses from Isaiah 53, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, which is a, a modern paraphrase. And as I do, listen to the intensity of the words. Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of deep sorrows, who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who, who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. And in his wounding, we found our healing. Jesus was aware of the pain he would go through, the agony he would suffer. And yet he surrendered his will to that of his father and he endured the cross for us. Sadly, many of us have come and made the cross a one-off experience. We understand the importance of it for our salvation. Jesus died for us, and through his death, we have eternal life. But we often forget that the cross is for life. The cross is key to our discipleship, our walk with Jesus. We need to come back to the cross again and again, and that takes courage. And so, we need the courage to go to the cross. The cross is the place of forgiveness. It's where we receive our healing. It's the key to our restored relationship with God. It's at the cross every aspect of the fall is reversed. The cross shows the full extent of God's love for us. It addresses our fear, our shame, our neediness our desire to hide. The cross is enough for our worst sin, our deepest wound, or our strongest fear. 
Whatever is on our hearts can be shared openly at the cross. We don't need to edit the facts or make the words just right or acceptable. We can come to the cross. When we come to the cross, we can bring our sin, our shame, our hurt, our failure. Those things we carry that weigh us down can be bought and laid at the foot of the cross. The cross, a place of such torture and pain for Jesus, is a place where we can find freedom and hope in all situations. But that doesn't mean the cross is an easy place for us to go. As we come to the cross, as we enter into the process of bringing our brokenness to Jesus, it can be painful. Courage is needed as we commit to come into Jesus with our fears, our past, our lives. And so what does coming to the cross involve? At the cross we confess. Coming to Jesus for the first time, the moment of accepting him as your, our Lord and Saviour, we say sorry for what we've done in our lives. But that doesn't mean we live a perfect life from then on. We still battle with sin, and we still sin, whether that be in our actions, our attitude, or our words, or even in our thoughts. We need to take responsibility for our wrongdoing, the things we should have done and didn't, and the things we didn't do but should have. As we confess our sin, the Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And it says we confess, we are forgiven. And then our confession should lead us to change. And so the cross is the place we repent. Repentance is a total change of direction. It's that turn in 180. Committing to walk away from our sin, from the things that hinder us and hold us back. We are to walk towards God's will and his heart for us. And so at the cross, we can also renounce our shame. Guilt is the feeling we get when we've done something wrong. And that can lead us to feel ashamed. But the feeling of shame is related to who we are. It's the, we are wrong. And that's what causes us to hide. And I said earlier, having the courage to be vulnerable is powerful in dealing with shame. It's important that we are known by others. It's also important that we're real before God and can exchange our shame for the love and acceptance of our Heavenly Father. As we read in Isaiah 53, the cross is the place we come to to receive healing. It's also the place we mourn the sorrows in our heart and the loss we've experienced. Being real about the deep emotions we feel, letting them surface and acknowledging them before God, allows us to begin to receive healing and comfort where we need it. It's also at the cross that we lay down our striving. It's time we stop trying to save ourselves, stop trying to earn freedom. We are to surrender at the cross, recognizing its power in all areas of our life. 
And as we come to the cross, it's a place of exchange. We bring our sin, our shame, our brokenness to Jesus. And he forgives us and cleanses us. He creates in us a clean heart and renews a right spirit in us. As we intentionally come to the cross, as we take the time to allow ourselves to be present to our sin and our shame, to the reality of our brokenness, as we take time to wait in God's presence, we receive what we need, the life Jesus has for us, the good life. And so a life of courage is to be obedient, to endure, to be vulnerable, and to come to the cross. But to have the courage to do these things can only come when we are convinced that we are loved. 1 John 4.18 tells us perfect love casts out fear. So let's have the courage to allow God to love us even in the hard places and during the hard times. Another quote from Brene Brown. Courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. But in my opinion, this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what I think of as ordinary courage. Do we have the courage to speak from our hearts, to be honest and open about our experiences? Do we have the courage to come back to Jesus? I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son. And we're not going to read it this morning, but if you want to take a look later, it's in Luke 15. And I was struck how, having squandered his father's inheritance, the son summons up the courage to admit his shame, admit that he had done wrong, and repent. Not knowing what response he would be met with, whether he would be received or rejected, he chose the courage to go home. And in doing so, was lovingly received, welcomed by the open arms of his father, accepted back into the family. I believe Father God is inviting us today to have courage to come back to him, to bring our sin, to bring our shame, to bring our brokenness and pain. He's waiting there for us. When we've experienced painful things in our lives, whether they've been inflicted on us by others or they're in the impact of a decision we've made, it will take courage to be obedient, to be vulnerable and to come to the cross. It takes courage to confess we've done wrong. It takes courage to forgive where we've had wrongs done to us. And it takes courage to move forward. And so what do you need to bring to the cross? Have you been hurt by someone? Or, some, or have you hurt others? Has someone spoken against you? 
or have you spoken against others? Have you been bullied? Or have you been or are you a bully? Do you feel ashamed? Or have you been one to cause shame? All these things require courage to face, courage to move forward from. And so, if you're able, will you join me in standing?